It's them wise girls. It's the wise girls. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wise girls. Are the names uh-huh. Stay wise to the times is the game Relationships and money talk in the old way Oh, and if you didn't hear the name Just some wise girls Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to this episode of Dim Wise Girls. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. here. We're ready to get it started today. How are you today, K-Ray? I'm doing well. Very, very well. All right. Well, good. So today's episode of Dim Wise Girls is Working girl, working girl, working girl, working girl, working girl, Because we all got to get the paper and we got to get the dough. Yes, for we sure. do. So you already know we got to talk about that workplace, that business life, that transaction, that check to check lifestyle. Yes. Well, Carrie, you just got a new gig. I did just get a new gig. I won't say where for, you know, nominee purposes. I don't know if that's a word, but, you know. Uh, but I did just get a job. For the purposes of staying anonymous. Thank you. There you you're go. You're so good with words. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's autonomy, I thought, or anonymy. It could be either. You know what? We're not going to get to this pronunciation uh, yes. trouble that we have all up on the podcast today. Yes. You, you know what? I just had a transition at my job um, that I've been at for six years, and it has felt like it was one of those moments where you'd be like, whoop. Like, we are was all in transition. On the chopping block, honey. Yeah. Ooh, it's a scary place to be out here in these streets yeah. of uh, millennials working. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is hard to know, like, yo, is this place going to be here tomorrow? I'm going to show up and you're going to be, like, locked out and nothing happening. Don't know if my check going to hit on like, Friday. Um, it's like... A good pimp. A good job is like a good pimp. He'll hit you too much, and you just be hoping. You just be out here hoping that uh, he do you right. I know. Girl. It'd be like you hope that your pimp is Terrence Howard and not Superfly, but you, you 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 might get that iceberg slim smack to the face when they hit you with them walking papers. They, girl, it's crazy. They pimp you to get a job, and they pimp you while you at your job. Girl, I tell, be, them, I I tell be, them all the time at my job, fire me at the beginning of the day, and I won't be mad. I won't be mad because then at least I get the rest of my day to enjoy it. But if you fire me uh, after I didn't work these all eight days, hours, you might get some turn up. You might get some turn up. No, girl, they they brought it down to a psychology. They, they, they're not going to do that to you because they don't want to get shot up. <laughs> hey, in these times, it's a real thing it, to it's think a about. Real thing to think about, which is sad. It actually really is because you want to feel like your job isn't the ultimate determining factor for life, but so much of your identity is caught up in what you do and how you make money that you might lose it. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because I be at my I, like you said, I just got a new job and I just graduated with my bachelor's back in August. Congratulations. And I be thinking like, does this job, do I really need a degree to do this job? 
Girl, we need to save that for Sisters with Wisdom. Okay. Because we're going to get all into uh, what you really need that degree for. Mm-hmm. And what they just slap. They just, just slap it they on. They just slap it. It's just so mayonnaise But, you know, we're going to get into all the dichotomy of working, getting a job, working the job after our break. So, we're going to catch you on the flip side of this break. Bam. Hey, Laura, your Instagram feed looks awesome. Oh, thank you. I have been working with Purple Eye Potion. They have been capturing all of my professional headshots, all the work for my blog. You should really check them out. Really? I've been looking for a professional photographer to take some engagement photos. Well, you should definitely go to their website at purpleeyepotion.com. You will get $10 off of any $50 purchase or more. You can go to Purple Eye Potion at P-U-R-P-L-E-I-P-O-T-I-O-N.com. Purple Eye Potion, the potion to capture your life in motion. Okay, so you know what time it is. Oh, it's time for the movie Movie quotes. quotes. Oh, yes. And you know, since this episode is (laughs) titled Working Girl, (laughs) you know we had to take our movie quote from what? Working Working Girl. Starring Melanie Griffith. Cute. So cute at the time. Um, Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Uh, first of all, that was like one of the best performances from Sigourney Weaver ever in her life. <laughs> so, I can agree. You can agree. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like this Ghostbusters and Predator. <laughs> Boom. You're hilarious. Your life has been fulfilled, Sigourney. So thank you for giving us black girls a chance to live vicariously through your bougie in this movie. <laughs> You're a mess. Uh, so, Working Girl is one of your, start off as one of your favorites. So, why don't you give us a little bit of a lowdown about what Working Girl is about? I feel like it was one of those nights where I accidentally watched it. Like, it was on Showtime those or are the, Those are the best those movies. Those are the best movies. Like, you took a nap on the couch, and when you woke up, something was on, and you were, like, too tired to turn this. the channel, and you were just like, oh, what's this? And I now, guess Working Girl has become the movie that I watch... When I'm in pursuit of that career booster, Mm -hmm. like some people might read a book, some people might go find quotes, some people might call up their mentors, but us regular girls, Uh um, you know, who have working class parents who don't have this um, wealth of sorority and fraternity brothers of our parents to tap into, Mm -hmm. um, we don't have those luxuries of life. True. Shout out to you if you do, because that's awesome. But if you don't... If you're like that, you turn on Working Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you watch Melanie Griffith um, work on the stock exchange as a secretary. Yes. And, uh, yeah, she goes to work every day. She's busting her butt. She's taking night classes. She's trying to get rid of her Staten Island accent, but it's really hard for her. And uh, she's constantly on the search to self-improvement. She's trying to be better because she's really trying to hustle and get the job um, in the market that she wants. Yeah, so she's trying to break away from all the sexual harassment. I mean, the blatant clear as day sexual harassment. The 80s, baby. (laughs) Uh, The 80s, where it was like, 
<laughs> Living large and take a choice, baby, baby. It was all up in there. Like I think, like the one of the first scenes in the movie is her going off on her boss. Yeah, calling uh, him a sleaze. She was like, he's a sleazy little pimp. With yeah, a tiny it's a sleazy little pimp. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. Working girl. But yeah, she goes through a whole transformation. She gets back on top. You know, she cut her her Jersey girl big hair, and she's you know she you know she smudges the truth a whole lot. But then she you know she you know does the damn white people thing. always getting brand new. Like when white people find out your lie is public, it's like oh my god, you're a liar. I feel like they have a problem with public lies because when you know it's a private lie. Well, we don't talk about how John Devereaux really got his money, but you know it was through some ill-begotten. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when it, then when the lie's up front, then it's like, oh shoot, yeah, you're a horrible person. How dare you get caught? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go to this movie called When Sigourney Weaver is basically describing this new job um, to Melanie Griffith in the movie. So, Tess, a few ground rules. The way I look at it, you are my link with the outside world. People's impression of me starts with you. You're tough when it's warranted, accommodating when you can be. You're accurate, you're punctual, and you never make a promise you can't keep. I'm never on another line, I'm in a meeting. I consider us a team, Tess, and as such, we have a uniform. Simple, elegant, impeccable. Dress shabbily, they notice the dress. Dress impeccably, they notice the woman. Coco Chanel. Um, how do I look? You look terrific. You might want to rethink the jewelry. I want your input, Tess. I welcome your ideas, and I like to see hard work rewarded. It's a two-way street on my team. Am I making myself clear? Yes, Captain. Boom. You know what? We did not talk about uh, from this movie quote. What? Is that sometimes it can feel like you're about to get a new opportunity working for a woman. Yeah. And feel like she's going to be on your team. Yeah. And then. She's not on your team. She's not on your team. Because you're her competition. Boom. Because there's only enough room for one of us. Yes. Well, that's a myth, but you know, that's the preconceived yeah. notion that there's only enough room for one woman to be smart, to be on top, to be in the best position. Mm-hmm. Uh, when really we just need to be coming from more positions, period. Open it up. Break it down. We do. Back it up. Mm, work it up. <laughs> back it up. Back it up. Anyway, so, yeah, we're talking about work. I'm going to try so hard not to be ratchet. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that was, like, a moment of code switching where she realized, like, I got a code. That w- that movie was, like, a testament to code switching when you really think about it. It kind of is. It was a whole testament to code switching on how you kind of have to alter yourself based on who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, because she was one way with her boss. She was another way with people that she was interacting with. And then it was the co-switching of, you got to think about all the other women who had good positions in this movie, mm-hmm. who were calling her te- uh, Bess instead of Tess. Yes. And they were like, you know, like, oh, well, what would it say? You read W? Oh, yeah, like a secretary wouldn't read something with some substance. Like, what? Excuse me? Girl. Can we go to um, how many times you have to keep your inner thug in at work? 
Oh, girl. Yes. Will you be ready to just let somebody have it? <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta hold it all in. I'm telling you. Well, some people don't, but you know, if you wanna, you know. Return on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to come back, you're going to have to uh, code switch. Or if you don't want your job to end. Because sometimes I think there's people who can wild out on work, stay, uh, wild out on a job, and stay there for, like, a really long time. Girl, but, it's somebody at my job at present that yeah. wilds out all the time. And I be like, how you still here? I know. You just be looking at them like, well, you go ahead and live your best life. Living my best life. But I'd like to uh, keep getting this check. Yeah, I know. I'd like to keep getting this check. (laughs) So I can't play like that. (laughs) Not yet. Oh, my gosh. I think that, you know what, I always feel blessed to have a great family that I could come home and talk to about all the crazy shit that went down at work that day or something like that. Because that's probably what keeps me cool at work, knowing that I can go home and vent to my family like, yo, yo. they are wildin'. Yes. what The way we exchange stories when we get home from work, it'd be like, especially our mama. <laughs> she be going Anyway, we're going to put all our business out there. But, yeah, I think I think knowing that you have a girl, my group chat mm-hmm. keeps me sane all day long. It'd be like, let me hit group chat real quick, let them know about what these – uh slave drivers are doing yeah and uh i'm gonna get right back to everybody else in the office mm-hmm. in just a few moments just yes. right after this brief group chat moment or you, or you gotta take a little break in the bathroom you're like do you know what these motherfuckers think i am do they think that i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh and you know what's so interesting is being a woman in the workforce um i think I have adapted a lot to old school thinking of like no women should be crying in the there's no crying in baseball. There's yeah. no crying in baseball. Don't cry in the office. Um, you know, I, I have gotten to that place where it's like, you know, you get very emotionally removed mm-hmm. in situations where you're fighting for something like always be articulate, always get your point across without having to put a lot of emotion behind it because men can't mm-hmm. process emotion, especially not during moments where business is trying to get done yeah um and i and i try to like find balance in that like well am i being harder on a woman because i'm acting like a man or um am i is this just quid pro quo like is this just how you act in the office like what's professionalism and what's being hard on a woman because she's behaving like a woman Mm. Mm. yeah that's there's a line there and I don't know. I have never been one to get emotional at work. But then again, I've never been so invested in my work that I would need to get on that type of level of emotion. But some people are, they don't, it doesn't matter. They still are emotional when it comes to work and the ups and downs of being, you know, whether it's you're not doing so well at work or there's a lot of tension in the workplace because personalities are clashing. I don't know. Have you ever gotten emotional at work? About work things. I know there's sometimes there's stuff going on in your life and you're like, you can't help but to be feeling um, emotions at work. Maybe about not about life? the work. Yeah. Maybe about like a coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, just because 
I didn't like how they were behaving. Mm-hmm. But it's never a cry. It's never like I'm going to go to the bathroom and cry because I'm so upset. Maybe that's just a certain personality set. But I've never been like, I want to cry at work. Mm-hmm. Or even if I'm dealing, because I deal with customers, you know, on an everyday basis directly with clients, customers, you know, consumers mm-hmm. pretty much. So even if somebody like calls in and cusses me out, or is just really upset because they were sold something and they felt like they're, you know, they're not getting the service that we promised. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so emotionally detached. Like, I, there's no reason for me to cry about it. Yeah. Even if I felt like the person was being extra or doing the most. Like, sir, you signed a contract. You just want this. You just want to end it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I always feel like, especially where I'm at on the totem pole, I mean... I would, you know, I would love to feel like I'm a boss. I'm in charge. But once I get into the corporation, like there are so many people believe me above me that I'm just not relevant enough to feel emotionally attached to my job. As much as my job would love for me to be emotionally attached to them. You know what? I know I get accused of relating everything to a relationship, but jobs are like fuck boys. You know how fuck boys want you to be overly invested in them even though they yes. really ain't giving you the time of day? Girl. That's mm. how corporations are. They a corporation are. will want you to overly invest in them even though at any moment they will chop you off. They will cut the small thread they of string holding you, you off, to them. Like cut you off so quick like you that piece of gristle on the chicken or the steak that is unchewable and swallowable. It would be like, "Uh, you're useless. We've eliminated your position. You're no longer needed." Um, we're sorry about this. But then while you in your seat and while they signing your check, they be like, but we want everyone to know that you are a part of the team, that we are a family. It'd be like, look, look, Curtis. We are a family like a giant tree. Okay, dream girl. Stretching up towards the sky. And then it'd be like, you're getting fat all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to let you go, Effie. We've replaced you. It's true. But I think, now that I'm thinking about it, I think there is a point where we're being, society's being hard on women because it's really a thing about personality and mm-hmm. whose personalities um, show different types of emotions because men show emotion in the workplace too. It just doesn't display itself like typically women do. Correct. Men get angry. They get angry. They yell. They throw things. They get aggressive. And that's emotional, but society tries to tell men, oh, that's not emotional. That's just men just being men. But that's emotion. That's emotion. Anger is an emotion. Hello. Hello, bad identifiers of emotion. Yes, anger is one of... But when women display emotion, it's seen as weak. Right. And that's why I have notedly tried to be more understanding if a woman gets emotional in the office. Yeah. Especially because, you know, women are usually the primary caretakers of their children, your family, mm-hmm. even extended family. I always try to be understanding. And girl, every time it is that time of the month and I have to be at my job, I be feeling like I need some type of short term disability because I can't even believe I have to be in the office feeling like this. Girl. Like, like, I can't even believe. Sometimes they be trying to talk to me about work, about reports, about uh, <laughs> queries, <laughs> about spreadsheets. And I be at my desk thinking, I'm bleeding. I don't care. Girl, I know. <laughs> like, don't you realize my uterus is trying to escape from my body as we speak? 
I don't give a damn about what's going on in here. And I be thinking if men had to experience this. Girl, they, oh my No God. one would have to work one week out of the month. No, they would not. Or at they least would three not days be of able it. to I just handle need three it. days of it. They would not be able to. They'd and be they talked whining. about it on D.L. Hughley. And I couldn't believe women were calling in like, no, you should have to work. And I was like, how? Girl, you know you've been at work and felt like. There must be them women with them them short period. They don't really have no period. They just have, you know, a little. Uh, you know who is she? I don't know who she is, but she ain't me. And y'all need to shut up if you know you got simple, easy periods. Nobody always has an easy period, girl. There must be. There must be. Cause why? why who would say that? They trying to front. somebody who's had a hysterectomy. That's who uh, would say it. They're just trying to front in front of men because they don't want to seem like oh, women we can't handle being. No, it's a work. legit. It's a legit sickness. Yeah. I need to call out. No, okay, let's <laughs> call out. Let, let that working girl call out. Yes. So, okay, let's move on to some other issues. Because um, I have put some respect on my know-how. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of us accumulate skills and abilities, and unless they are accredited, don't nobody care. No, they don't. That's that's the whole That's the whole game. They don't. They they got to a point where they were like, okay, we're not gonna care about the skills you acquire over your life at different jobs, um, through volunteering. Like we, I mean, we say we care about that stuff, but when it comes down to it, they really don't because there are so many, um, you know, jobs these days that I think just do not respect um, knowledge that's acquired outside of the traditional education system. I feel you. And they were utilizing it because, you know, I run a blog, mm-hmm. OWISE1.com, shameless plug. Um, I run a blog. I have the podcast, and I'm really good with social media marketing. And I feel like my job pulls me into things that uh, are above my pay grade, that are uh, G4 classified. I can't. <laughs> and they'll ask me for this knowledge and this know-how, but they won't actually add me to the team. No. And it's because, well, you didn't go to school for that. You didn't do this. But I do this. I excel at it. And you know it. And you utilize me. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, it'd be one thing if you not utilize me in the sense, but you are. You're utilizing me and my know-how, but you don't want to respect it. You don't want to pay for it. You just want to. You just want to talk about those degrees. Those degrees. Throw some D's on it. Throw some D's on it. Think about throw some D's on it. Throw some degrees on it. Um, They be slapping on degrees like. Mayonnaise on a sandwich. They do. And I'm thinking, like, how did this evolve to this point? Because a lot of these jobs in different positions, there's no, like, legal requirement for you to have a degree. It's obviously had to be up to the organization, to the the human resources of the organization to decide that this job will require a you know, a bachelor's degree. I feel like there must have been some type of study that said people with degrees Mm -hmm. um, are better workers. But I don't don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Because I know several people at my job with degrees where I always look at them like, you're the one with the degree? Yeah. I'm confused. I don't get it. I'm confused. (laughs) You have a degree? 20 minutes late to the meeting, sleeping in the back of it. You're the one with the degree? Yeah. Because I remember when I first, when I was uh, finishing up at Cincinnati State, which I majored in executive assistant technology, so I can have a certification to be, you know, an executive assistant or administrative assistant. And somebody, she was older. She was like, you have to go to college to be an administrative assistant? 
I was like, well, shit, these days you kind of do. Yeah. You kind of do. Because when I look at executive assistant positions, they will have on there, we require you to have either what, like eight years of experience or a, an associate's degree. My job right now, um, being in technical support, uh, offering the type of support that I do offer, um, I feel like I have been at my job maybe three years when they added to the job description for new hires mm-hmm. that they had to have a bachelor's. And I was like, I've been doing this job for three years without a bachelor's. And uh, I'm going to just let you know, you don't need one for this job, girl. You're not about to pay somebody like they got a bachelor's degree. Mm. And uh, yeah, you don't need one. You don't need one. And I feel like it's it's like an exclusivity program that they're trying to do. Like, we're trying to make sure we only get this grade or level of people, but nobody really wants to use the actual resources within the company to train people. So they think if we get a college-educated person, we don't have to train them because they'll already be trained from having a degree. But that not, is not necessarily true because every job has idiosyncrasies and entities that only happen at your place of this employment. That's why they have things like... Um, Dang it, the word left me as soon as it came into my brain. That's why they have things like um, non-disclosure agreements when you start working at places Mm -hmm. and making sure you don't share information outside the company is because all these things are unique to this specific job. So how do you think somebody's going to come into this job and know how to do it just because they got a degree? And why are you making me train them? Mm Hmm. On the job training is an essential factor of every it, job. Of every job. I don't care what job it is. You have to learn about specific organizations, how things are run there. I think this. I think our society has come to a point where it's saying, like, I don't think that you're capable of learning unless I know you went to college. Yes. And the being teachable is not necessarily... Um, and I didn't, you know, college isn't necessarily an identifier of the ability to learn mm-hmm. or being teachable. It's the ability to complete an assignment and get a grade on it. I concur. Not to say that there's anything wrong with having a degree, because I feel like people who are who do have degrees are not being served by offering them these positions that don't require mm-hmm. their degree. You're like not, you're underserving people who have paid for their education, who have student loans by putting out these job descriptions that say this is required when really it's not necessary. And you could be utilizing that person's education to its fullest extent by only offering positions that require a degree mm-hmm. in and real see, life. it's all part of the game. I think, like, the workforce was... I think the educational system was like, yo, look, we've got all these people... Because remember when college was like, not everybody was going to college. No. It was like... No, that no. was something really That's special. That's when families gathered together and made sure they supported the one person they knew could get into college because it was it was exclusive. Yes, it was exclusive. So you weren't having that many people uh, across the country graduate from college. So now that college is almost, I feel like at a point they were pushing it almost to like this level of like it needs to be the new high school. So now it's like all all these people are going to college and graduating. So they were like, Okay, so what can we do now that we don't have all these positions that are, you know, college worthy? So let's get with the workforce and say, hey, so we've got all these people who are going to be graduating college. There really aren't that many college, you know, degree eligible positions out there here in the world. 
won't you just start slapping college degrees <laughs> on everything so we have room for everyone? Even though you're not going to be paying them like they have a college no, education. No, you're not. You're just going to be paying them like they've got a GED. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's that's like, uh, that's diabolical, K-Ray. It is. That's diabolical. And um, I feel like, I feel... What I'm hearing you say is, Oh, yes. What are you hearing me say? Make sure I'm clear because you know I can get very... Is that this might be a scheme between education institutions mm-hmm. and workforces because we all know. Shout out to all my white allies. I am with you. I love you and I appreciate you. But beyond that, you know white people get jobs for Christmas, right? Yeah, if they within the within certain the level right circle, of circles and, you know, right income brackets. social economic frame. Yes. White people get jobs for Christmas. Because mm-hmm. it's really not a what you know, it's a who you know kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So within that scheme, you could get your degree, but if you have not associated with the right people, put yourself in the right circles, uh, code switched with the right opportunities, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that job anyway. Because once you get to these higher ranking levels of jobs, even though they keep adding um, diversity and inclusion teams to every corporation. Yeah. Really, that's just something they put in place. <laughs> that's just really like that's just a token job to make them feel like they're to make a progressive it feel like it's progressive and it's yeah. happening, but it's really not because just recently I sat in on a meeting where they asked about diversity and inclusion, and the answer was so political, like so just like why did you even answer this question? Yeah. Because really it was like, well, we feel like we're giving opportunities to everyone who is qualified, but uh, we're just, you know, we're just not finding those candidates. And I was like, you was a lie. <laughs> but I couldn't say that. I had to code switch and keep it quiet. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. It's It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's hard out here for a pimp, girl. Mm-hmm. It sure is. It's even harder out here for an employee. Woo! <laughs> so hard out here for the employees. Okay. Uh, what was the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Ooh, expenses versus education. I feel like we did kind of cover that. Yeah. Um, by just talking about the fact that they're offering jobs to college-educated people who, where the job is really beneath them. And yeah. they keep saying millennials are graduate from college and they're ungrateful and they want to come out on top. No, I want you to pay me like I'm paying back a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loans. I know, and it's just not. It's not that I'm. I, you're not ungrateful. It's like you just get on the job, you start doing it, and you think like, this really didn't require. Because I'm on my job, I'm thinking like this really didn't require four years of education. I could have done. You know, this you could have done. You could have. You could have taught me this. Like this is not something that requires. A high level of education. And let's not even get into the, we, you can get a degree in something, then need a certification mm-hmm. in something else. And it was like, why do you build this certification into the degree program? And you know what? I really would have been ready for it if we stopped teaching high schoolers how to uh, pass tests and start teaching them something for real they're going to use when they leave. How why about that? would they want to create able adults? Oh, yeah. Like, if we create adults who are aware and knowledgeable, we won't be able to scheme them into creating massive amounts of financial debt on many 
on many sectors because there's a sector of working class people who are being taken advantage of financially and then there's a sector of college education educated people or people pursuing higher education who are being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. financially i mean it's really the core i gotta get you on i gotta get you on the education front so you owe me for that i gotta get you on the fact that you owe me for your home thank you for that you owe me for your car thank you for that Mm -hmm. you owe me because you always need somewhere to live so even if you don't have a mortgage you got rent boom 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 i'm getting all your money i'm getting 70 percent of your money yeah 70% 70 Sla- of the, mo- 70% of the money that you're making is going towards expenses. Yes. Okay, maybe 70 is generous. Slaves. But 65. To consumerism. We need to have a whole, ep- a whole other episode. Yeah, we got to have that. a whole other episode on consumerism because I know all about it because I like buying shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the real, I do. Um, oh, my gosh. Girl. It's, oh. Ooh, it's so much. It's so much. Okay, so let's talk about this whole um, wage disparity. Okay. Um, just because there are a lot of women talking about, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting equal play. But do you feel like we're so at the bottom of the food chain that I feel like everybody's getting paid the same? I do. I feel like when you're, like, working class level, like that lower, mi- that lower middle class, if we even want to call it that anymore, I feel like it's really just working class and, and lower class. But, um... I think that everybody on our level is pretty much getting the same amount of pay when you get into these type of jobs, when you get into these clerical jobs, these customer service jobs, these, you know, manufacturing jobs. Because us down here at the bottom are talking about how much we're getting paid. So you would know if Jimmy over here getting paid a whole lot more than you are. Whereas I'm going to say this. What, what? You can disagree with me if you want to. What? Uh, Dim wise girls disagreement. So... (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel like clerical jobs, customer service jobs, retail jobs are all common jobs that you would see a woman working in. And they do get paid significantly less than, let's say, somebody who, do, you know, um, I know, tra- you know, people who work in sanitation make a lot of money. There are some, not a lot, but more than a girl putting but clothes I, back on I the I rack. see a lot of men in sanitation and manufacturing. Manufacturing? I was going to say those make a little bit more than women a job that would be classified as something that a woman would do yeah a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more but i think that where your baseline could maybe take care of basic necessities whereas a woman would have to work two jobs a job and a half Mm -hmm. to kind of make up for that lack that you're not getting where it could be five more dollars or maybe ten thousand dollars more a year that they're getting which still puts you basically in the same tax bracket but it's still more is more yeah more is more. More is more. Okay. But I still think you're going to see more of a greater disparity on in higher level jobs. Jobs where um, uh, people are going to negotiate their salaries. Oh, absolutely. Who are coming in saying, they're like, well, how much do you want to get paid? You know what I'm saying? All right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm not going to nickel and dime you on that front. Okay. Because that top tier is making that top tier. Don't make me fuss at Latina. Yes. Okay. So I mean, let's wrap. Let's wrap. What's this our wise all. principle? What is the girl? What is the wise principle of it all? Working oh, work, nine to five, working, working hard to make a living. Okay, maybe nobody else has seen that movie. Just me. All right, that's okay. <laughs> I think our wise principle here is 
um, the whole millennial phase of work where we don't keep jobs for 30 and 40 years. Mm-hmm. Work for you and then work for before you work for anybody Ooh, else. Ooh, I like that. Work for you. And that is not just on an entrepreneurial standpoint. That is more of a, like, is this position working for you? Is this fulfilling your ultimate purpose in life? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then move on because clearly this job is not going to keep you, make you, or break you. Boom. Boom. I like that. But you brought up something I think we maybe need to have in another episode. It's like, because everybody pushes that whole entrepreneurial thing. Like, don't work for somebody else. Be, work for yourselves. Like, but is everybody called to be an entrepreneur? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to put that on the books, though. Yeah. All right, so we're going to catch y'all on the flip side. When we come back next week, we're going to have our Thanksgiving episode. Turkey and dressing. We're going to talk ham, turkey ram, and lamb, talk chance, patty. Pound, you know, pound. you know, you know. You name it. <laughs> So this is the close to Dim Wise Girls. We're going to catch y'all on the, the flip, flip side. Tess, you know, you don't get anywhere in this world by waiting for what you want to come to you. You make it happen. Watch me, Tess. Learn from me.